Welcome to The Floor, a podcast about fantasy and sci-fi lore. We are still in DC, and we are in the New 52. If New 52 in terms of DC makes no sense to you, we have a whole episode explaining what that means in terms of the universe. In this episode, we are diving into the throne of Atlantis and looking at some of the lore of Atlantis and the characters Arthur Curry and some of the changes from the standard... Uh, heroes that you are used to, uh, changes to their moral codes and how they treat other people and, uh, how planning a war is how you end your own society. So if any of that interests you, check out this episode, roll the intro. Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing, so good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome to the floor. Today we are going to be discussing the important lore points of the throne of Atlantis. Brief summary here. We are in the new 52 of DC's animated movie universe. If that doesn't make sense, what I said right there, we have a whole episode on the new 52 explaining what it is and why it is. We're diving into the lore as it exists in the New 52, kind of walking people through it. There's, what, 16, 18 movies in this 16. universe? 16 for you to check out. So we're kind of moving through the lore points so you can check it out. So DC has moved through different universes, different iterations. So it's you can't just talk about the overall lore of DC without moving through very confusing things because different heroes did different things in different universes and timelines. So that's why I'm saying we are staying and in the new 52 for the moment. And uh, when it is time, we'll move on to their next universe and cover lore there. But that's kind of how we, we've got to break things up. It's it's almost like you've got your Eberron and you've got your Forgotten Realms and they don't have the same lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different so, campaign setting. Almost. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So the movie we'll be covering is The Throne of Atlantis. We just barely released an episode on an introduction to Atlantis, kind of talking about the historical and comic book introduction of this to DC. And so here we're going to talk about it, its place in the New 52. Uh, to kind of summarize the plot here, um, we're entering a world where Atlantis is unknown. Aquaman is not a member of the Justice League or Super 7, as they're considering being called. Unknown, it, you mean it, that's a myth. Which, which is, yeah. yes, it, it doesn't it doesn't exist. It's an urban legend. Arthur Curry, not Aquaman right now. That's true, is, Arthur Curry. Just a dude. Just a, just a dude 
down on his luck, recently lost his dad. It is important to note that this is taking place within, I think, less than a month of the events of the last movie. Justice League. Uh, Batman? No, Justice well, League War. Well, well, both. But yeah, because yeah. Justice League War and, and Batman are, are pretty closely tied. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's in the same year. It's it's within a, a few yeah, probably within months. the same year. The result it all uh, happens in twenty thirteen. Yeah, a result of the justice uh, of Justice League War is the creation of the Justice League, which is these seven superheroes that came together to fight Dark Side. Yeah. yeah, and so so they at the end of the Justice League War, you hear. Shazam excitedly exclaimed to an audience that they are called, you can call us the super seven. Oh, it was, I didn't even catch it in the earlier movie. And so mm. in, in the next movie, you will see a scene where they're putting up a name and it says super seven, like on, mm-hmm. on the front of a building. Yeah. And, and that's what they're doing later in the movie. They're changing it. But at, at that point, that's what they're like. Okay, this is this is the name of these people that saved our lives. So they're they're showing that not only did they go with it, but it's also pretty recently thereafter. Yeah, yeah. So in this uh, Wonder Woman or Diana Prince and Clark Kent have fallen in love, which you you see their instant attraction to each other in the Justice League War. They're like, oh, you're like me. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you're strong. She's like, I am. Yeah, and you can fly. Like, she has an fly. interesting quote at the beginning of this movie. She says, "We're not gods, but we're also not like them, looking down at all the people." Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like we're we're something in between, which is true. Like if you could fly and and yeah, just float in space and not borderline dive, not indestructible. Anymore. Yeah, I well, I saw a really interesting piece that talked about it was when Wonder Woman had come out, or the second one, and they were talking about how why does her costume cover so little and everything. And one of the people writing about this said, well, he says, consider when you're indestructible, what you're wearing is irrelevant. He says, all that matters is your own personal modesty in how you appear, because the damage of combat is going to shred that no matter what. Mm -hmm. You're indestructible underneath. I mean, if they wanted, they could fight naked because it literally doesn't matter what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it's their physical bodies that are. Yeah. indestructible yeah so it's just purely how much do you want to cover you know and that's why batman's covering everything except his chin <laughs> and even then a lot of time he covers mm-hmm. that. Be- because he's not indestructible yeah no nope. because batman's nope. batman's not wearing an outfit he's wearing armor he's basically a crustacean if he comes out of that shell <laughs> very soft in comparison <laughs> We open on, on this movie, uh, there's a submarine underwater that gets attacked, and we don't know why it's attacked. We see, we see water come in. They, they notice stuff coming at them. Uh, they think it's missiles. They want to fire back. Then they realize the things on the sonar look like humans. A lot of scary information. It's very quick. Submarine goes under. They lose contact with the rest the of the submarine. world. And so the, the Justice League or the Super 7 hear about this. And so Shazam calls them together. I think only three of them get together because Superman and Diana are on a date initially. Batman's not there because he's in Gotham. And Green Lantern, I don't know if you remember this, Eli, but Green Lantern kind of has an attitude with Batman. And so when Green Lantern gets to that meeting and Batman's not there, he's like, if I have to be here, he has to be here. (laughs) Gets up and leaves to go. Well, it seems like he's mad because he's like, you're just a dude. 
<laughs> you're just well, none of that, but you're like he's just. I am an intergalactic he's guardian. Like, yeah. Better, but he still gets one up by the dude all the yeah, time. Yeah, everybody gets one up by the dude. Like we talked, mm-hmm. I don't remember when we talked about this, but like it's like be like the the only thing that stops Batman from beating you is if you rush him, right? Given mm. enough time, Batman beats anyone. Mm. Yes, no, because yeah. he that, thinks he plans. He if if he is still around, he is still a threat. Yeah, right. and it's not an inordinate amount of time. It's. It's yeah. pretty quick. Like he just needs a little bit of time. And I mean, I think it took him a year to figure out how to beat Superman. The age so. he is now, studying everything, everything as obscure as possible. So he is a a lethal competitor or combatant in any field, mm-hmm. and that that's kind of his whole thing. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, now it doesn't take as long because he's he's pretty well versed in almost. Yeah. So, so the, the Justice League is dysfunctional. At this point, it's basically just Cyborg chilling in a dark room by himself, watching the world. You know, when I saw this new Cyborg, I said to myself, this reminds me a lot of Clayface. Like, that's what I was getting, like, a Teco Clayface kind of guy. Really? Yeah. He's going to explain why. Yeah, like, like, because his nanobots, like how he fights and things was Mm. very... Well, initially, when he was initially, still, like, trying yeah. to figure himself out. Now, in towards the later end of that movie, when he started becoming more substantiated, he didn't change as much. It, it seemed like the nanobots were trying to find how to create him in the most effective way. And mm-hmm. then after that, they kind of were good and stopped. They're dysfunctional as heck. They get together. And, and Green Lantern ruins an operation for Batman catching the criminals Batman's chasing. Oh, yes. Like, I caught him. Like, I didn't want to catch them. <laughs> I wanted to scare them. <laughs> and Green Lantern's like, well, they're caught now. And he's like, okay, well, who was selling the, the fear toxin? Did you find Scarecrow? Did you do this? Who was threatening the mayor? Did you figure <laughs> yes. out any of these 30 things <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out? <laughs> Green Lantern's like, no. And Batman's like, next time you want to help, don't. don't. <laughs> So good. It's like their, their chemistry I love because Green Ant Lantern's just a, a, a fly boy, right? His whole thing was he was he was the he flew the jets for the ar- or the army, the military, and he always did the most dangerous stunts. He always tested the newest stuff. And so he always is the adrenaline junkie. He always knows how to push himself and, and test the limits. But he doesn't know how to think critically yeah. and ask questions. Yeah. So they're they're a good team. Yeah, I like how often he throws a train. Green Lantern. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, like it's a pretty go-to punch move of his. Like, oh, just, just throw the train. There is a great oh, yeah, he, moment in this one where he turns into a giant vacuum and it's just sucking people He's up. a ro- giant robot with a vacuum arm. <laughs> oh, okay. Instead of having a bag, it's open on just shoots him out the bat. Oh, oh, awesome. You just yeah, I remember watching him just like... I was like, that is, that's cool. That's cool. But they are superhuman. So like, is that going to knock them out? Is it going to slow them down? Is it going to kill them? Like a normal human that probably kill. Actually, there's a, like, when you uh, step into uh, Marvel uh, or, or even DC, you know, killing is like off the table for these heroes. It is not in the new 52. They kill people flat out. Mm, that is true. Like you, you noticed uh, there was a couple scenes where even Batman's dropping some pretty heavy explosives on trenchers. Trenchers, thank you. On those things, he killed like twenty trenchers. So I don't know if he already knew what those were, 
Uh, trenchers are basically these half fish, half almost human, but not human intellect monsters that uh, came up and started attacking at one point. And Batman <laughs> decimated a bunch of them. All but the other mean, guys doing it. Arthur Curry, Mera, Wonder Woman. I don't even Superman. They kill people flat out. In, oh, yeah. in this it's it's show. the new 52. It's a, yeah. it's a darker rendition. Uh, let's stop here. We're going to get into a lot of that stuff in the next part of this episode, because I can already tell Eli's a little bit confused with some of the stuff we're going yeah, into. We've kind of jumped around mm-hmm. a little bit. We need to streamline. <laughs> we, well, So what we did is we've talked about kind of where the Justice League is at going into this. When we get back, we're going to talk about who Arthur is, where he's at, and how they get together. All right. So we are talking about this uh, Throne of Atlantis. Uh, we've gone over kind of in detail, most are superheroes, you know, and just really kind of gushed about them, about who's what and why. Where they're at now from, from the previous mm-hmm. movie. And, and kind of the differences we've we've had in this universe compared to other universes. Like right at the end, Joe had mentioned how the, the superheroes do kill people and they don't have this strict don't kill people code that we're kind of used to with these uh, superheroes. And then just like the differences we've noticed and uh, a few I, of the I dynamics between characters. One thing that is interesting to me is Batman doesn't seem to actually kill in this universe, at least not according to him, because you did watch the son of Batman, right, Joe? Yeah. And so he does have his code there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking he just didn't count the trenchers as. Well, and, and even in the son of Batman, like. You know, he's trying really hard not to kill a few things. Oh, sorry, not in Son of Batman. In Batman versus Robin, which is coming up, he's trying really hard not to kill a few things until he realizes they're not quite human. Then he's all about killing. <laughs> like, oh, that's not quite human? Done. <laughs> it's a variant? Down with the variants. My guess is he already knew about trenchers. He he's good he's good with the intel. Like we've talked about Batman. He's a yeah. smart guy. All right. Let's let's let him get on with his as far as the story goes on here, there's a submarine and it loses contact with the rest of c- civilization. All right. I'm going to try and go quick here. Joe, correct me if there's any pieces missing, but we're just going to catch up real quick on important parts. So right now, Atlantina has sent Mara to find her son. Okay. So yeah. So Atlanta has sent uh, Mara to find her son. So what is happening is, uh, right, we have the submarine that's attacked, everyone is killed, and now the Navy wants the Justice League to find their ship and what happened to it. The Justice League sends Cyborg, because it's all they've got. Cyborg is, subse- doing their own things. is subsequently also attacked and beaten underwater by, uh, he's uncertain, but he does get it on video. Now, hmm. that moment kind of triggers the attention of the Justice League, right? Cyborg goes back, he's like, hey... Some stuff's going down, and I couldn't handle it solo, which is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? Because he is cyborg. So he calls the meeting of the Justice League, and he does, you know, Shazam shows up. And, uh, you know, then we get Arthur, uh, we get uh, Hal Gordon complaining that the Batman is not here and all of this. <laughs> Find him. Yeah. While all of this is taking place, Superman and, and Diana and Wonder Woman aren't here yet. Yeah. They're, they're on their, they're actually on a date. Uh, there, there's stuff going on in Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, Queen Atlant and Atlantana. Atlanta. So, well, the, the he has a son. Yes, her son is is Orm, 
he is the younger son we find out of of her so she has an older son who is a half curried yeah and mm. so Arthur Curry does not know anything about his childhood. He's never really actually remembers meeting his mom. Uh, we first see him uh, in a bar, getting drunk, talking to a lobster, missing his dad. His dad died about a week ago. <laughs> yes, very, very intense, very sad stuff. Uh, somebody tries to order the lobster. He's having a heart to heart with. He gets in a fight with the dude and his friends, beats them all up. Really fun stuff. He wakes up the next day at home. A professor comes to talk to him. Apparently his dad had reached out to him. And right before the professor can tell him anything subsequent or important, he is killed. Arthur is then attacked by a bunch of guys climbing out of the water with fancy advanced tech. Mm -hmm. Um, And then before Arthur gets murdered, this lady who was sent by his mother, we find out later it's Mara, uh, helps protect him and save him from these people. Yeah. So, well, so let's go back to the submarine because it's a really big point is that, you know, beginning in World War Two. Well, actually, actually, I guess the first submarine takes place during the Civil War. But World mm-hmm. War Two, they become very big and widespread. And we begin, you know, you know, I think in the 60s and 70s, you've got famous Jacques Cousteau def- descending into deep parts of the ocean. And so what this right. means for Atlantis is that humans are getting closer and closer to discovering them. And they know this. And uh, mm. Queen Atlanta is aware of this, and she is concerned how that negotiation is going to go when humans eh, do discover them. Because she, at this point, the Atlanteans are like, it's not if, it's when at this point. Mm-hmm. So her plan is to find Arthur as he is part of both worlds and have him be the negotiator between these two worlds. Her son, mm. Orm, has found Mantis, who I don't remember his first Black name. Manta. Yeah, Black Manta. I don't remember his, his name. And he, this is a human. And Orm uh, sees Black Manta as his connection between dealing with the humans and him. But their plan is different. Like, Queen Atlanta wants to negotiate and deal with the humans. Orm and Black Manta want a war with the humans. They're like, we'll go to war and we will prove dominant. And we, you know, then we set the terms of everything going forward. And what's the best way to get your, your entire civilization to want to go to war on your behalf? Make it look like they attacked you. Yep. (laughs) And so that's what Orm and Black Manta did. So they, they stole the missiles from the, from the submarine Mm -hmm. and then they attacked and pretended to be the humans using human weaponry rather than atlantean yeah if they use atlantean weapons then right it'd be be harder to market it as ah this was clearly the humans Humans, yeah that says your name on it prince orm like i don't that's your private chariot it's kind of like uh somebody going this man was poisoned we're like well he was shot in the head like, <laughs> yeah. Well, oh yeah. Not, uh, and you're the only one with a gun. Be like, we're pointing at him with a gun. Nothing to do with this. He was poisoned. Let's try this again. Yeah. So, so lots of lots of good stuff going on there. Arthur is now learning about his childhood, which to me is bizarre because he he went to bed hungover. And just was sad about his dad. And now this lady shows up and it's like, hey, uh, your mom sent me. You're uh, going to have to be king of this whole world that you didn't even know about. Hurry up. 
Well, he doesn't have to be king, right? Merrick gets him to be the negotiator because the queen's still alive when Merrick goes out. When Merrick gets back, queen is dead, Orm is king, right? Oh, okay. So so in between this, uh, now we have Batman. So pieces start to fall into place a lot quicker, right? He tracks down this professor who was tracking down Arthur Curry. They figure out he's dead. They're going through his files. Batman tracks down Arthur Curry. The Justice League then finds Arthur Curry and join him in his journey to Atlantis. One, one mm. quick note on this, that we find Batman. Uh, Batman starts telling everybody what to do on the Super 7 team, the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And Superman's like, who put him in charge? <laughs> one note about Batman that a lot of people don't understand. It's not that he puts himself in charge. It's that stuff needs to be done, and he knows how to do it, and he knows your powers and abilities as good, if not better than you. So he knows where you're going to be most effective and who's going to be best with you. So he's going to make sure we are have the highest chance of success. Yes, well, he's being bossy, but he knows what he's doing. He but, but you're going to like his outcome more than anyone else's. <laughs> and so, yeah, so so important note there. Let, let's jump back to where we were. They, they start teaming up together. Yeah. With- so they all go down to Atlantis together where we encounter Orm, not Queen Atlanta, find out she's dead, and they blame it on uh, on the humans, of course, Arthur Curry. Also, another important note, Orm is able to take on basically the entire Justice League at this moment and Arthur with the staff that he has that's been handed down since King the, Atlan. Yeah. Is it the trident? Yeah, the trident. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, a combination of factors. One, he's got the trident. Two, they're underwater. That's his territory. Yeah. Those two together, very powerful things. But he, do, he does take on Superman, uh, Aquaman. Wonder Woman is there, too. Mera is definitely there. And so he just rubs them all the wrong way. Everyone is there except, I think, Batman. Lucky I'm, Orm. So, Lucky <laughs> Orm. Um, now Aquaman isn't at his full power yet, right? Because he doesn't no, have his as, as we're watching the movie, I wanted to point this out and I wanted to know what Joe thought of this. It seemed to me that as this progressed, Aquaman got more and more powerful because he spent more time in the water. I know in our uh, previous episode, we talked that's about a good that point. I mean, it's never addressed, but I think that's that's definitely a real thing, like Superman in the sun, right? We had, mm-hmm. in, well, we in, talked in, about in, Atlanteans who couldn't spend a very long time outside of the water if they hadn't trained their lungs because their lungs get weak he spent his whole life outside of it. his lungs are super strong and now he's training his gills um, and so he's just as that's ramping up he's just getting stronger and stronger because those two really work well together mm-hmm. and so he is very lethal on land and now is becoming more and more powerful under the water which is also making him stronger on land. So he's just, it's just boosting his strength is what it seems like watching the movie. Yeah. Cause he, well, he I took mean, on five normal dudes and that was tough. And then he's going toe to toe with elite guards and powerful Atlanteans that have trained their whole life for war. And he's, well, he, I, like I said, if we go back to the flashpoint paradox, we have, you know, Superman kept out of the sun his entire life, you know, frail and weak. And it's not quite that extreme, but I think there's definitely kind of a thing, Superman in the sun, Aquaman in the water, kind of strengthening their natural abilities. Also, Aquaman in Flashpoint Paradox is stacked. Yeah, he was. He was. Man is six beefcakes. <laughs> Thick, dude. Like Aquaman uh, I believe those are fish cakes. 
Fish cakes. <laughs> Crab cakes. Shark <laughs> cakes is what I'm thinking. He was oh, he also has one other power that only one person is noted to have, and that's King Atlan. And he can he can telepathically communicate with sea um, life, which we learned about briefly with the lobster, mm-hmm. but he can do it on a grander scale. Okay. And so they they hint at because his brother Orm talks about you know the blood of uh, royalty a lot. He basically sounds like Malfoy from Harry Potter. It's like I'm a pure blood. Nah, nah, nah. Okay. Like, I, I have you know yeah. king blood, so I should be king. And then Arthur can talk to you know animals like all sea life, which only the original king could do. Mm-hmm. Just proving just how much blood of, of a king he has within him. Right. He's got the power. The other guy doesn't. Questions so far, Eli? It seems like this is just a big coup or coop, as I've said in the past. Yes, a coop. Of, a, <laughs> of Atlanta. Um, yes, full-on coup with uh, a black mantis and Yeah, and, and so it's really just them and... They want uh, to cleanse the world and uh, of humans and they wanted an excuse. So they wanted to be able to rile up their, their people. Well, but I was going to say, uh, so Black Mantis is on board with this. But his real plan is to wipe out the Atlanteans. Because he believes once the Atlanteans attack the human world, the humans will wipe them out. Oh. He's like, Orm, you have one mega city of superpower people. We have seven billion. Let's Let's do this. You can take us. You can do it. <laughs> I believe in you. And he's just like laughing. Like, we're just going to drop a nuke on you, dude. We're just going to nuke you. Uh, <laughs> this is one city against the world. Against You're the not world. that big of a city. Yeah. yeah. I, I Kudos to Black Manta for being able to just manipulate Orm so easily and effectively. Because, yeah, he, he professed everything to Arthur towards the end of the movie. He's like, ha ha. Like well, Orm a, seems like he's really full of himself, big ego. Yeah, you know, that, that's easy to raise in royalty their whole lives. It's hard mm. not to because you're always treated with reverence and respect. Yeah, so you yeah. don't know what it's like to be treated like nothing because mm-hmm. you just perceive yourself as better because that's how everyone treats you. Yeah, yeah. Any other important points to go over before we start talking about next stuff in the universe? Big changes. So, I mean, naturally, Arthur Curry does become king of Atlantis at the end. Does he get like an Excalibur power sword moment? He gets he gets this the 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 trident, right? Right. right. Which you know massively increases his powers. You know, However, saw- his powers are. Uh, he he likes to focus on his speaking that the the sea life a lot. He doesn't. He's a communicator. At this point, hasn't used the. The Triton that much yet. Like in well, this movie, it's not a he, been a, a a big there was no point even when he had it where he used it like a lot. I think it, it's, a, it's it's a preference thing. I imagine Alfred and Batman have this conversation all the time, be like, Bruce, why do you keep hitting them? Stun gun. Bruce is like, but that's not as much fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm angry. Shooting people with stun guns doesn't deal with that anger. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot of comics where Batman just goes out just to relieve stress, beats up some people, breaks some bones. Uh, yeah. uh, I guess a leak about what's coming. There's a great moment in uh, Batman versus Robin where uh, Robin says to Batman, let it go. And then uh, is it Nightwing? Uh 
Robin all grown up. Um, yeah, he makes a comment be like, he never lets anything go, and like clearly, <laughs> this is a reference to his parents, right? Bruce never heals, he never gets mm-hmm. over it, it defines his entire life from that moment forever. Every choice he makes is about this, be like, he's like, he doesn't let it go, he doesn't, he does a lot of things, he does a lot of things well, he doesn't let, not it go. let go, yeah, it just gets added to the brooding pile, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. so Arthur is officially welcomed into the Justice League. They've changed their name now, and we have our eighth member. There is a post-credit scene where we see Prince Orm, or renounced Prince Orm, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, in his cell. And at the very end of the scene, he is visited by someone named Lex Luthor. Oh, okay. That, that is that is it. He introduces himself, and that is that is the end. Uh, right. they, they did, uh, or what's his name? Joe. Joe did mention what we will be watching next. Oh, that was another thing I I, I messed up. I was naming naming these out of order. These these movies. I had said that the in our in our past episode that we were going to be talking about Batman: Bad Blood. Uh, in actuality, it was uh, Son of Batman. Then Throwing coming the up, Batman versus Robin, and yeah. then Batman: Bad Blood. So you have uh, been mentioning Young Justice a lot, which contains Robin. Which Robin are we looking at in Young Justice? There have been, what, okay, three? We're going to talk about that in the treasure room because it's <laughs> okay. been out so hard. I think that's just the best way to do it. Okay. Okay. All right. It's just like, thank you for this question. What a, so what a great, great question. This is our treasure room question. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. You have no many. You have no idea how many times I'm like, I need to really study for DC AMU. I'll just watch rewatch another episode of Young Justice because it's <laughs> dynamite. All right, we will see you guys in the treasure room, and we will figure out which Robin wears the mask in Young Justice. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, as we did mention, there is a treasure room if you want to go wider. Uh, one thing we always say is that the episodes go deep. But the treasure room goes wide. We bring in and talk about all kinds of different universes and different things uh, to explore these ideas in new and different ways. So if you're interested in that, it is, of course, up on the Patreon. And uh, we would love for you to check that out as well. And we hope that you come back. We would love any feedback you might provide. You can reach us at the email connected to the uh, podcast, or you can just look up the floor, our website, uh, or Facebook pages. And, uh, you know, let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover, or if you have any additional thoughts, we would, uh, love to get enough feedback that we can start sharing it regularly in the outros here, uh, of some of our listeners.